my gosh. We are finally back. We are finally back. And after we are so what? sorry. <laughs> 10, 11 months gone. <laughs> we really just disappeared with no warning. We actually said school got to be too yeah. much. And so we dropped the podcast. Literally, the work-life balance was not hitting. Yeah. <laughs> it, was it was not existing. all work, bro. It was all work and no life. No life. <laughs> yeah, but awful. we're back. We're we are back. back. And we promise we are going to be more consistent. consistent. Because I feel like we realized over these like past like almost a year at this point that we like actually miss recording and like being consistent. So I feel like at least I'm really happy to be back and finally be consistent. Yes. I totally yeah. agree. And this is a random side note, but let us pause to take our B-reel. Yeah. Our yeah. B-reel just came up right now. <laughs> Wait, let me see if I got mine. Yeah, I got mine. Okay, do you do mine? My phone's going to die. <laughs> there we go. FTH podcast. FTH pod. But anyway, getting back to what Brooklyn was saying, but we promise to be more consistent this time around. Yeah. You know, come up with a schedule, keep you guys updated on what's going on. Mm -hmm. We're like really happy to be back. And we did get a new mic. Yeah. Before we were amateurs, we were just recording off our phone. On iPhone. And the quality was fine, but now wow. it's to the next level. See? Now it's really good. Yeah, because when we came back, we said we can't do it the same way we yeah. did before. We can't take an 11th month break and then come back and <laughs> the quality mediocre. is the same as before. Uh-uh. Yeah. We got to update this one. So. Mm-hmm. so shout out to my mom for giving us this yes, mic. Yes, for real. Shout out. Yeah. It's, it's a great mic. Mm-hmm. We literally love it. But we're thinking about going back to our old schedule of posting every other Friday, um, cutting clips for you guys so you guys can see some previews over on our For the Homegirls Instagram page. Follow us on there. But we really want to try to be as consistent as possible, especially because I feel like a lot happens in those two weeks that we're like in between recordings. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I feel like we always have so much so stuff much to share. To like so, so many little, like little funny things happen mm-hmm. that we're like, oh, I wish we were like consistently yeah. doing a podcast. <laughs> we're like, we oh my God, I need to tell this entire story on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But today's episode is literally just going to be us recapping what happened from the last episode, which is around Halloween of 2021 <laughs> to today today yeah so about 10 or 11 months of life updates that we need to go over (laughs) with you guys basically Mm -hmm. and sorry i feel like we both sound a little bit stuffy and that's because we're both going through it right now i don't know what's going on but we are unwell i know what's going on it's when you come back to school and you're by a bunch of people Mm -hmm. that you haven't been around for 10 i don't know four months yeah and then you just get sick Mm-hmm. you know yeah chief gray's brother was in town and so we were out and about just, just trying to everywhere. there were so many events going on and we were like we're just trying to like do a bunch of like fun things because it's our last weekend before the semester starts and now we are paying the price honestly yeah do i regret it no, no. but do i feel pretty awful right now yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so hopefully we feel better in a couple days but I feel like we should just get yeah. into it. Yeah, we need to talk about everything. Yeah, and there's a lot, so mm-hmm. yeah. But I guess we should start with 
what happened for the rest of sophomore year after we just stopped recording like yeah middle of fall semester because i feel like that's when everything really started picking up the fan, yeah and that's really why we stopped because it was just getting to be too much but when i tell you sophomore year was the struggle of my life like i yes. was unwell i was literally like back to what we were saying before it was all work and no life <laughs> like i was just feeling like between like between like dealing with in-person classes and like having a job like the in-person classes for me that was just more draining than i thought it was going yeah, to be yeah because now you actually have to go to class mm-hmm. like where like freshman year i could just roll out of bed at 8 49 and mm-hmm. then get on my laptop literally for my 50 like mm-hmm. no i had to be across campus literally and be sitting down i had to get up get dressed get on the bus mm-hmm. and go across campus to get to my class yep yeah it was a lot and then i know in the spring you actually had to travel yeah so i was like gone every every other weekend or whatever and it was just hard because i'm like damn i'm missing classes i'm having yeah. to make up a lab i have to do this do that like just make sure i was accounted for mm-hmm. so it was just kind of like difficult yeah i guess the downside to be being an athlete when it comes to like spring you're literally you're just, like, gone. just gone you could be gone for like three or four days out of the week like at a time yep and just not come back to class for mm-hmm. five days in a row yeah i feel like when it came to like trying to balance work in school like I'm pretty good about balancing work and school. Like, I never feel like I'm working too much. Just the right amount for me to, like, still, like, make enough money to, like, support myself, but also not work too much that I don't have time to do homework. But I swear, between, like, school, like, actual class, the amount of homework I had and work, I was like, when else am I supposed to do things? Like, when am I supposed to have a life? Because yeah, it was was a lot. It was Mm -hmm. a lot. And then, like, for me, with changing my major and having to do, like, basically – Damn near all the prereqs in one year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that and was like, rough. Taking combinations of two classes that people wouldn't ever take together. Like I took anatomy and physiology the spring semester, so it was like I was just constantly studying and studying and studying and studying, and so there was no time. Yeah, no time for just fun, let alone this podcast. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry, but this was the first thing to go. <laughs> yeah, it was the first thing out the window. <laughs> I'm so I was sorry. like, I can't do both right now. I can't do both. No, not at all. But what was like really worrying me about your schedule is that people were like, why are you taking anatomy and physiology yeah. at the same time? How many people were like lucky at me? Like I was, I had like three heads. Literally. They're like, are you crazy? I was, I was like, like, did they not understand that this is the only option? That was the only option. <laughs> if I want to graduate semi on time, I got to do it right It's the only option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think like, Another thing when I look back on like specifically spring semester sophomore year is feeling like there's never enough time to like eat or sleep enough. Like you never feel like you're eating enough food because Mm -hmm. you're not. No. And you never feel like you're sleeping enough because you're always exhausted. Yes. Like I don't know. I don't really know why sophomore year was so hard. I think it was just the combination of like actually having to go to class in person after basically having like a year and a half of like online school Mm -hmm. and then feeling like you just because of that you never have time for anything yeah i definitely agree i just felt like i was always hungry and tired (laughs) it was never a good day but i never had the time or the energy to To eat eat. and i always had too much homework to go to sleep at a reasonable time Mm -hmm. yeah 
awful. That was rough. That was actually rough. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I was going through a breakup. So, Mm -hmm. like, the Halloween episode that we recorded was at the end of October. And then the following month, I was going through a breakup. And so, like, I feel like that was, like, looming over my head the whole spring semester. Because I had this, like, really awful fear that I was just going to start running into him on campus everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it was just going to, like, make the whole situation even worse. Mm -hmm. So, like, trying to manage school through, like your like heartbreak and sadness i feel like is like it's difficult yeah because yeah. it's always like in the back of your mind but mm-hmm. like you're trying not to like think about it you're trying to yeah. use school as like a distraction mm-hmm. but like it's always like but school is it's always on your mind yeah, yeah like it's school is your distraction but it's also school stressful. Is stressful so it's not making the situation <laughs> yeah. better it's like yeah. adding to your anxiety mm-hmm but yeah balancing school with like the heartbreak i feel like was hard and I mean, I feel like I was just going to start seeing him like all over campus everywhere, which shouldn't really happen because like, obviously our school is huge. We have like completely different schedules. So there was never going to be a situation where we like ran into each other. But I was like terrified mm-hmm. that I was going to see him on campus and it was going to be so awkward. And I was going to have to pretend like I never even knew him and just keep watching because <laughs> yes. that's what I was going to do is like, yeah. I will pretend like you never even existed because yeah, I was like, I, I'm not talking to you. I can't do this Me right now with you. That never happened. <laughs> that never happened. Uh-uh. If anyone asks, I don't know you. I never knew you, but I feel like I'm doing like way better now because it's not like looming over my head like i'm not thinking about it 100 percent of the time all the time mm. and i'm able to like function normally now yeah and not like having not, to deal with all of that it's just not a big part of your life yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's like so different now which i'm grateful for because i was like i i was a mess i was it was a lot for me but yeah that was kind of looming over my head the whole spring semester which i feel like is what made spring semester like low-key kind of difficult yeah 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 that was a lot that was a lot for me but i mean you had your own things going yeah, on spring semester <laughs> we both had a rough spring semester but you had your own separate things going on because mm-hmm. normally like in spring semester or normally in the year spring semester is the more chill yeah semester. Mm-hmm. it's the semester where the the weather's getting warm. Mm-hmm. You try to go outside. School's, nice. almost, School's over. almost over. You can look forward to summer. Yeah, but this was a harsh one, bro. <laughs> it was very harsh. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I had to <coughs> start applying to the nursing school. So back in October, we had talked about how I changed my major. <laughs> and I was taking all these prereqs and yeah. all this stuff. And so comes January of 2022, I have to start applying to the nursing school. And that was stressful, too, because I'm not really a procrastinator. Like, I wouldn't say that I am. Some things I procrastinate, the things I know that don't take a lot of time. But for some reason, this nursing application, I just couldn't do it on time. (laughs) Like, I was like, I have to push this as far back as possible. Because I just didn't want to think about it. I didn't want to think about the process or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It was, like, just very, like, oh, this is just so annoying yeah because i also like put my whole life on the line like mm-hmm. by changing my major i had no backup exactly. <laughs> like like this was it yeah if i didn't get into the school like it was over. who knows what would have been the plan after that though? yeah and what was crazy is that one of my friends was like 
well, are you going to apply anywhere else? So I'm like, no, like I, I'm <laughs> this landlocked is the plan. into the school. You yeah. don't understand. This is the only That's route that it. is available. That's it. So I put my whole life on the line. I had no other major. If I didn't get in, I would have to start all over. Mm-hmm. And so I applied. It was like different prompts and stuff. And I had written and rewritten. And it's always hard with those like really short word counts. Yeah. So I was trying to figure that you out. You got to figure out how to word everything. Correctly. Yeah. To make it sound correct. Mm-hmm. But then not be too short. Too yeah. Brief or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so my mom and I just spent like two weeks every day on the phone for hours. Mm-hmm. Just editing and editing and editing. And it just got just so like a lot. Yeah. So I submitted that in January. And then I think come like March or April. <laughs> they call you back for like the interview process and I came back and I basically did the interview and I told Brooklyn this after the interview was done is that like I came out and I just felt like everybody else I had interviewed with because I was in a group of four people um was just doing too much and I just like don't know how to explain it. Like they would be talking about their experiences, and every other breath was like, "I was a CNA. I worked in the hospital. I know a doctor. I, my cousin's a doctor. My dog's <laughs> aunt. My <laughs> child's a, a nurse." The, you know what I mean? Like it was just like you're doing too much. Yeah. Like it I doesn't get really it. need to be like that though. Yeah. Like I get it. You have experience, but like, what about you? Makes you a good nurse. Yeah. And like, why do you want to be a nurse? Yeah. Like, like, it doesn't really, like, your experience is always going to help you. Like, mm -hmm. it's like having experience is never going to hurt you when you're like applying to nursing school. But I feel like, yeah, it's not essential. No, not at all. And that's the thing where I was like, you guys are making that your whole personality. Like, Mm -hmm. You, you got to be human first. Yeah. And then a nurse second. Like, like you're making that your whole personality. Yeah. But I still can't figure out why you are, are applying to the nursing yeah, school. Like, like why, why you, you specifically are trying to be a nurse. Yeah. Like you have all these credentials, but why are you actually trying to be a nurse? And I just am a person to observe things. But it was just funny because like they would ask one person a question and it would be diff- a different order every single time. But on one question, I just remember somebody giving like, not like a sob story, but like kind of along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then the next person, it almost seemed like they were trying to one up that sob story. Oh my story. god! And then like the next person was trying to one up that sob story, Dude. and I was like, "Y'all don't have to just tell a sob <laughs> st- story just like, to tell one. Like, it's be your making person. any sense? I don't know. Yeah. And so I just thought that was interesting, but. Anyway, we had that interview process, and then I wait for forever. I wait for the longest time ever between the interview and the decisions, because I think the decisions came out in June. It was really late. May or June. Mm -hmm. Like, late May or June. I don't know. But I waited forever between the interview and the decisions. And I finally found out in the middle of Jewel Osco that I got into the School of Nursing. So, yeah, so I was very excited about that um, because I don't know, like in the back of your head, you're always like, oh, it's not going to get it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're like, so why bad. is it taking so long? Is it because I was rejected or yeah, is I it kept, just taking a long time? And I kept seeing these transfers and all these people getting in. I'm like, where's my like, yeah. thing? So, yeah, I finally got it and I was excited. That was excited for like 
two days. And so I was like, okay, but how am I going to do it mm-hmm. with like athletics and everything? So I was like, oh, I have to figure out like what is going to go on. And so for the next couple of months after that, I dreaded even thinking about nursing, <laughs> even thinking about my schedule, even thinking about what's going to happen until like the very beginning of August when I start desperately trying to figure out how this is all going to work. And to cut a long story short, we figured it out and I spread out my major over, I guess I added one more year, um, which all works out for me, but it just was a long process and I was very annoyed for a lot of it, but I'm just glad that it's, it's working all out, so... I will say changing your major is not for the week. It really like, isn't. Like you have to be committed. Yeah. Yeah. It's do or die, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You really have to just commit 100%. Yeah. Because if you change your major too late, like I just wouldn't even change Yeah, exactly. Like at so, some point it gets to the point where it's like, if you want to graduate on time, you might as well just stick with what you have. Yeah. Unless you like really hate it and literally cannot go on doing mm-hmm. that major any longer. And like, I guess this is what makes me realize why my parents were like, don't go in undecided. Mm-hmm. Like if you don't have a real plan of being in college, don't go to college. Yeah. Don't wait. do that. Just wait. Because mm-hmm. you're going to spend your money, right? And do all this just to go on a different path. And mm-hmm. I do understand that people can go in undecided and get their gen eds done. But, like, it's still a very risky yeah, game to play. because you have no plan. hmm Yeah. I feel like if you go in with a plan, it's fine if your plan ended up changing. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it's just best to go in with, like, some type no of plan. idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would, like, hate to go into a situation where you're spending thousands of dollars a semester, like, completely blind you don't know what your future is going to look like you don't really know what you're going to major in. you have like you have no type of plan you're just you're just there Mm -hmm. you're just taking classes but you don't know what you don't know what these classes are even going towards yeah that's that's not ideal at all and i don't know if you're gonna listen to anybody you don't have to listen to us but i just recommend don't go again if you don't if you know nothing Mm -hmm. about what you want to do yeah yeah Mm mm-hmm because it's just college is not cheap. Yeah, and loans and it's very will stressful. follow you forever. Mm-hmm. College so. is not cheap. It's very stressful. So I do not recommend putting yourself in that situation unless you have some type have of plan. plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but I know you just had your white coat ceremony for oh, nursing yeah. school. Yeah, I did just have my white coat ceremony. Um, I would explain what a white coat ceremony is, but I'm tired. <laughs> So if you don't know what a white coat ceremony is, just Google it. Google it. <laughs> it's so not tired. that hard to figure out. It's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> but um, on top of that, we had like orientation. So I got to meet like a lot of the um, new people coming into nursing. And that was just really exciting because everybody has similar interests. Like, yeah. They're the same majors. They're typically the same age as you. Um so that was cool. And then I saw like a lot of like non-traditional students, like people that were like in their 30s and they came back to school or like they transferred from a school. And so I was really excited because I was like nursing is bringing together like all these de- demographics mm-hmm. that I feel like I wouldn't have been exposed to if I just stuck in like chemistry. Yeah, or, true. You know? Very true. So that was very, very exciting. And I'm excited for the next few years ahead. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. Yeah. But I guess that was kind of a wrap up of like spring semester. And then like the white coat ceremony stuff was actually like this past week. But we do want to get into like our summer and how that went because we did spend our summer in like two different places. So I guess we'll get into that. Um, so I'll talk about mine first because I stayed in Madison and I did end up working on campus at the job that I currently have that I've had since freshman year. We get two hours more, two dollars more pay during the summer. So I was like, yeah. not bad. And not I was bad. like really nervous about staying in Madison over the summer because I was like, my friends are going to be here. Like I'll have my coworkers, obviously, but like my really good friends won't be here. Like I won't get to see my family every day but I actually ended up like not regretting staying in Madison like I was actually very happy I chose to say because it gave me a time like a lot of time to just like be by myself and like be in my own head and just kind of like sort things out and just like relax and like debrief and like take what happened like spring semester and like the stress that came with that and just like relax and figuring out how to make your life better like in the future and I feel like I just got very comfortable with just being on my own which I actually ended up enjoying that because I feel like I was like really uncomfortable just like being by myself and Mm. I I liked knowing that there were like people around me even if I wasn't talking to them and sometimes when there's no one around it's like you just have to be really comfortable just like being on your own and like knowing how to like find your own entertainment and your own hobbies and things that you actually like and not just things that have been influenced by other people and what they like. That's fair. Yeah. I also took a summer class and that ended up being really easy. I was really nervous because the way summer classes work in Madison, it's like it could be a four week class and that's it. And that's what mine was. And so I was like, this is going to be so much work because it's 15 weeks crammed into four. But it was actually like pretty good in my opinion. But I did get to see my family some. We did a bit of traveling. I went to San Francisco slash Berkeley, California, which I literally fell in love with San Francisco. I would love to live there someday, but the rent prices are just so high. I think it's like the first or second most expensive city to rent in like in the US. Like the rent prices are absolutely ridiculous, but the city is like, it's such a cute city. And then like Berkeley is a suburb of San Francisco. And it reminds me of Madison so much. Like, it's such a college town, but it's, like, it's, like, the cutest suburb. But, yeah, San Francisco, I definitely am manifesting moving there one day because it's just such a pretty city. And I absolutely loved it. Um, I feel like on top of that, I also, like, kind of realized that I really do want to be a lawyer after college, which means I have to go to law school. And I feel like I was kind of beating around the bush with it because, like, all the freshman and sophomore year, people would ask me what my plans were post-college. I would say, oh, maybe I'll go to law school. Like, maybe this, maybe that. And I didn't really know because I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to commit 100% because I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing after college. Like, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know. But I feel like this summer I was like, yeah, I really want to do this. I've just, like, done a lot of research on it. Like, this is what I want to be doing. This fits my personality exactly. But now it means I have to study for the LSAT. And I do not do too well with standardized testing. My scores have always been like average or slightly above average, but they've never been just like super stellar, like amazing. Mm. So like, I feel like my LSAT prep is going fine, but I'm like really nervous to see what my like score is going to be on test day. Cause I just like, 
I don't perform like absolutely stellar on like standardized testing. Like I'm always around the average, but I feel like I'm really determined to get a really good score on this test because I feel like with the LSAT, higher score means more money because law schools <laughs> really care about the LSAT and basically nothing else. Ugh. Yeah, so that kind of sucks. It's a little stressful, but I feel like I have so much time to study that I'm not like in grind time yet, but we'll see how that goes when the school year starts. But last thing I will say is I definitely became obsessed with The Bachelorette because we watched The Bachelorette previously and The Bachelor, but like this summer I got really obsessed because <laughs> I have a coworker who's like also really obsessed with The Bachelorette and we would watch it and then talk about it at work the next day and I was just, I was so into it and yeah. Excited to see these last two episodes and the finale, especially. And then I will be watching Bachelor in Paradise because it starts mm. later this month. I don't know. I'm just a Bachelorette girl now. I'm like <laughs> into the Bachelorette, the Bachelor, and Bachelor in Paradise. I will watch them all for sure. But yeah. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Me, on the other hand. <laughs> man, oh man. <laughs> it's not that I don't like the Bachelorette and the Bachelor and the whole like universe mm -hmm. but i just can't get into it like that yeah I'm i feel so like i can commit more and you fall off a little bit easier. yeah i like literally <laughs> fall off the cliff like after like the fourth week i'm like i'm over yeah it. it's either you can stick with it or you're like i can't do this yeah and that's definitely how i feel like i can't do mm -hmm. this you have to have the personality for it mm -hmm. and i felt like it was a good concept with like the two women mm -hmm. you know and I was like, oh, there's going to be drama. And it was good. Mm -hmm. But then I'm like, I, I just I, I just can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is normally the part where I'm like, please just get to the finale. I'm ready for this to be over. I just want to see how it ends. Yeah. And I feel like that's where I fall off every single time. Mm -hmm. so, True. True. We shall see. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, speaking about my summer. Yeah. So like Brooklyn said, we were in different locations for the summer. So I went back home to Illinois and, um, yeah, it was like eventful, but it was like, not like very <laughs> eventful. Yeah. You know? It was a very chill, low key summer. Yeah. Like it was good. I definitely say it was better than last summer. Mm -hmm. uh, that's yeah. For sure. I think so too. But yeah, I did a little bit of traveling. I went to LA with my family and we kind of took like a different approach to traveling and we've been taking a different approach to traveling. For the last few trips and kind of skipping all of those like really big um events that people do would or would typically do in like the state that they're in so like for example in la like uh, a popular spot you can go to is obviously disneyland and universal and maybe a couple more that i can't think of but we've been like doing more of like the art museum so we went to like the LA uh, Museum County of Art, I think is what it's called. And we went to like the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library, which is actually very, very cool. I was not expecting for it to be cool <laughs> at all. I was like, yeah. oh, when I looked it up, I was like, oh, this looks kind of interesting. Like I've never been to a presidential library, but I don't know if it'll be that cool. But mm -hmm. honestly, I'm so glad that I went. Like it, it had so much history, especially if you like history, it, it'll be someone someplace that's pretty interesting mm -hmm. to go True. and then also they had the world war ii museum like in it so it was like a massive amount of information and things to see so that was really really awesome 
Um, what else did we do? Um, oh, and we also ended up going to like see UCLA's campus and just a lot of just weird, I guess, random things that people don't really go to LA for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just really enjoyed that because I've had my time at, you know, Disney yeah. and stuff. And been there, done that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we'll eventually get back to that. Mm-hmm. But I was like, this is a nice way to see a city and see it more like, I don't know, people that live there. Yeah. Less like a tourist. Mm-hmm. True. So. Very true. Yeah, that was cool. Um, and then. Working at the Shake Shack. Working at the Shack. Yeah, the Shack. Um, I literally, well, I didn't know for sure that I wasn't coming back to the Shake Shack this summer. (laughs) I had a feeling possibly I could. And so I started working there again because I thought, well, oh, like I I know I'm going to get this job back. They increased pay by like a dollar. Now we get tips. I might as well just work there until I could find another job. Mm-hmm. And so I worked there and I just worked there for four months. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was good. I, I feel like I, I just was cooler with the people there. Like, I actually knew everyone's name. Mm-hmm. Everybody that walked in and out of that building that worked there, I knew their name. Mm-hmm. And that didn't happen last year. Because not that I didn't talk to people. I just felt like. I talked to everybody or I made an effort to talk to everybody yeah. and it made my experience so much better. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though I was working fast food, fast food is low-key awful. <laughs> <laughs> the people there made it really good. And I was like very like, at the end, I was legit sad. Not where I shed a tear, but I was still <laughs> sad. I was like, I oh, wasn't damn. that sad, but I was sad. While I was at the Shake Shack, so many <laughs> crazy things happened. <laughs> Like the time where this guy threw a hammer into the Shake Shack, bro. Dude, that that's crazy. Yeah. I was like, what? So basically, this, okay, this day was weird already. I was already like, what? And so I'm driving to work. And when I'm driving to work, um, what is it? I'm like at the stoplight and I go to turn right. And all of a sudden, this police officer is behind me. And I was like, uh... Oh, what? And so I keep driving, and I go to make a left turn, and he's just, like, still behind me. And so I'm like, uh... I think he might be pulling me over. (laughs) And so I finally get pulled over, and I'm, like, literally one minute away from the Shake Shack. Like, one minute away. With my my green burger on my shirt and everything. (laughs) Like, looking dusty, ready to work. And he pulls me over and he's like, oh, you know that like, oh, you're not supposed to turn here or whatever. And I was like, oh, like I've turned here like a bunch of times. Like this is never, there's no, no turn on red. Like it's, it's fine. It's like, oh, what's your license and registration? And mind you, I'm like shaking. <laughs> yeah. I'm like I hate this. Literally. Like, this so it's bad. terrifying. And so I'm like trying to find, I call my mom because I don't know what the hell registration is. I'm like, <laughs> what? like I'm trying to figure out where to find it. And eventually he just like lets me go. And so I like make it into the Shake Shack, but I like barely make it in on time. And so basically how it works at Shake Shack is that if your shift starts at four, you have until about 4.03 to clock in without like needing a manager to help you clock in. Mm -hmm. And so it was like 
basically 403. Oh. So I'm like running in because <laughs> I don't want to have to explain myself yeah. and why I'm late. So I'm running in and I like clock in and it was all good until I turned and saw all the police tape by the <laughs> window. <laughs> And so I'm like, what the hell? I love how you didn't even notice until after you had ran to clock in. No, because I was already like flabbergasted from the whole police situation. I run in and and then I see this window. That's funny. And I'm like asking the manager, which we're kind of friends. So I was like, oh, like, tell me the scoop. Tell me the tea. Yeah. And he was like, well, it happened early this morning. And he was saying that he was like walking in the back. And all of a sudden, sudden he hears glass. And he's like, we don't have glass here. <laughs> like, what the heck is breaking? The only glass is the window. <laughs> <laughs> so he runs to the front. And apparently, it was a guy in a construction hat, <laughs> a construction vest, a visor, bro, looking like a whole, like, construction guy. And he throws the hammer, or he threw the hammer into the window, and it shattered it. And the hammer like flew across the dining hall. Oh my god! In the middle of the dining hall, and so the manager like runs over and he's like, he's like, hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey! And he was, threw a hammer through my window, <laughs> and he was going to go chase after him, dude. And then he was like, wait, like, why would I do that? Like, why am I gonna put my life on the line yeah. for the shack? For the shack. <laughs> It's just not. It's, it's not, not worth any it. Sense. <laughs> making absolutely no sense. Oh my god! And so he calls the police. He gets a few pictures of the car, right? And what's funny is that the police come and he shows them the pictures of the car and he gives a description and whatever. And the police go back to their their literal laptop <laughs> in the front of their car and they're looking up all this stuff and they come back with like. A bunch of different angles, and they're like, "Is this the car?" <laughs> and so they literally got him. They're like, "We got him, boys!" Like for real this time. And they figured out who it was. And so the running joke at the Shake Shack for like the next two weeks is that the people from Smash Burger did it because <laughs> not Smash Burger. <laughs> because they were like right up. Smash Burger is like. Two minutes away from the Shake Shack. But That's funny. They definitely vandalized <laughs> our, our shack. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. Smash Burger. I mean, I have to admit, Shake Shack is better than Smash Burger. Yeah, definitely. Agree. By a lot. Mm-hmm. And so, That's ridiculous. Yeah, that was ridiculous. But I don't think it tops this other event. <laughs> yeah, that guy threw a hammer through the window. But this other event was actually crazy. And so, I am on cashiering duties for the day. And so, I'm taking orders, and everything's going fine. It's a beautiful day at the shack, <laughs> right? Everything is great at Everything the shack. Everything is great at the shack. <laughs> and I'm taking orders. It's a little bit busy, but not anything too crazy. Um, and all of a sudden, this girl comes in, and she starts yelling. She's yelling into the kitchen. So, I know that somebody back there... Has something to do with whatever she's yeah. about. And so she's yelling and yelling, like, and cursing and swearing and all this stuff. And I'm, like, just trying to take orders. And I'm, like, looking at the customer's expression. <laughs> and they look terrified. 
They're like, I don't know what's happening. Should we eat here? Should we not eat <laughs> like, here? Is uh, this an emergency? Like, am I gonna get like what like, is hurt? even happening? Like, yeah. And so they're looking at this girl and trying to recite their order. And I'm like in laser focus mode. Like the girl is not behind me. I'm like, okay, so is that all? <laughs> you, you want barbecue? Or... <laughs> like, keep ordering. I have a line. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you want barbecue, ketchup? Nothing? Like, I was just really just trying to like just work the way our way yeah. through this because if I turn and I pay attention, then it's gonna be an actual yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and I feel like the customers are gonna be more freaked out if you look if freaked I out. Start being freaked out. I yeah. just have to act like this is normal. Mm-hmm. And so basically, what the girl was yelling about, she's like, she he like she was saying that whoever it was was hitting her and all this stuff. Oh my god! And that he had apparently come to her work and done all this yelling that she's doing. Oh my god! And so she's gonna come to his work and start doing all this yelling that he's like. Or whatever, and she's screaming and yelling. And the manager comes out and he's like, Oh, like, he doesn't really do anything. <laughs> and I'm kind of bothered by this because he like says a little bit and <clears throat> uh the girl goes, Yeah, I don't care, you can call the police. And so he calls the police, but then proceeds to just let her keep screaming until the police show up on the property. I'm like, why couldn't you have been like, hey, like, I understand you're upset, but this is not the time of the place. Yeah. Like, like please leave. Step outside. Yeah. But he just let her stay there until the police got there like 10 minutes later. And so I'm like, okay, this is awkward because she's still screaming. Yeah. After calling the police. Minutes are going by and she's, nothing is being done about her. here. And so eventually the police gets there. They take her outside the building. And obviously, I can't hear what's happening because now she's outside the building. Um, but I'm seeing the police officer have, like, these giant mannerisms. He's, like, waving his arms, like, pointing at the building. Oh my God. He's, like, what, like pointing at his head. And then, like, <laughs> just, just, like, what are you doing? Like, what were you thinking? Some type of argument is going yeah, on. Yeah, <laughs> some type of argument is going on. And I'm, like... He's probably like, what the hell are you thinking coming into an establishment and all this and like doing, just doing a bunch of stuff, you know? And eventually the person that she was yelling at comes out and we're all like, everybody in the restaurant is like holding their breath. Because <laughs> he's, he's like walking out of the restaurant and we're like, oh no, like how is this about to go God. And so... Again, there's a whole big manner. Oh my god! Just like another fight, and we're like, "What is even happening?" And so, at the end of all that, she basically got banned from the Shake Shack (laughs) for life. For life. If we see her on the property, we have to call the police for trespass. Dude, that's ridiculous. So, yeah. And then a few weeks later, that kid that she was yelling at got fired so it was it was a whole endeavor and i do believe that it was worse than that guy throwing a hammer yeah i think that was worse i think that was worse because they got that guy really quick but this woman was screaming in the shake shack for so long yeah and on top of that what was so weird is i talked to my mom about it and the girl she was probably like 16 or so and so i was like this is so sad though yeah it's sad because that's what you know to be 
true you mm-hmm. know like in your life that you've seen that several times over that you've learned that in some weird way that that's how you settle things mm-hmm. you go and you scream it out and you yell it out and whatever right and that you don't do it properly like you must not have anybody in your life that's giving you some type of checks and balances yeah of how to approach and do things correctly mm-hmm. and that's when i started feeling bad for the girl yeah like, she really has nobody yeah because how could you come into a restaurant like that and you're so young mm-hmm. and you're gonna be yelling up like this yeah like if if they hit you we need to go to the police mm-hmm. There's no point in coming here and putting yourself in an even more vulnerable situation for what? Mm-hmm. So that was just crazy. Yeah. Ugh. Damn. But yeah, but on another note, just working in food in general, I think it's, I gotta retire. It. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm done for good. <laughs> I gotta retire. I'm just uh, too old, you know? I'm just too old. You know, like those jobs. People of a certain age hold those jobs. I've been fortunate where I've worked at restaurants that usually don't trend towards the younger-ish side. Mm-hmm. So, like, I wouldn't see as many, like, 15-year-olds, 16-year-olds. Like, yeah. the average might be, like, 18. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's nice. But it's, like, it comes to a point where even at that, you're just ready to go. Yeah, It's too, like... It literally is too fast-paced. You're doing too much. Like, Shake Shack pays quite well for fast food, so I wouldn't say that I was underpaid, but mm-hmm. some places you could be underpaid. It just felt like I just needed to turn the page. Yeah. You know, just get, like, a nice little desk job, mm-hmm. retail. Like, I'm a little too old to be, like, in food. Yeah. Know? Yeah, true. Where people feel like they can disrespect you because you're flipping burgers. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So, Very true. Yeah. That was basically my summer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but on to the reunion part of the summer. Yeah. This is when things really started getting good because we got to see each other after not seeing each other for like three, three months. months. And that day was actually funny because I remember waking up because I had to go to work. But I remember you said you were going to be back pretty early because you got on the bus pretty early. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I might not run into her before I had to leave. And I remember being at work and you just texted me. You're like, you're not even home. Yeah. I was like, girl, are you at work? <laughs> I was, like, I was yeah. like, where are you at? I so like, after three months, after three months, you got home and I wasn't even there. I was mad. I was like, "Where the hell is she?" I was at? like, "Damn, this is mad unfortunate." That's mad unfortunate. <laughs> but then your brother got to come into town, and we yes. had like a whole weekend around that. That was basically a, a recruiting visit. Yeah, <laughs> that's we did so boy. much stuff. Yes. Yeah, but I guess I'll let you explain your because I wasn't there for like a lot of it, oh, but. So, yeah, it was basically, like, the second part after the white coat ceremony. So he, like, my whole family came down on Thursday, and then he stayed from there Thursday until basically this morning, so Sunday morning. And um, we just did a whole bunch of things. So the first day on Friday, we walked around the entire campus, which I have done that before. But this time, I just felt like, damn, bro. (laughs) I'm so tired. Yeah, the campus is huge. Yeah, it was just like a, a rough one. But at the same time, it was fun. And he really like got to see the feel of it. And mm-hmm. like 
like understand you know where different things are and i don't know it was it was cool like being able to see madison through somebody else's eyes yeah someone who's seeing it for like the whole campus for the first time yeah it just reminded me of like when i came you Mm -hmm. know yeah and it's also interesting because like now we're qualified enough to like show people campus yeah like our experiences and like different buildings and like oh you have this memory at this place and this Mm -hmm. memory at this place it's like it's like that's where uh, i ran for the bus for the 50 (laughs) time 50 billion time yeah yeah literally oh i love that Mm -hmm. but then then, yeah on saturday we went to the farmer's market yeah and that was cool we got to experience that too Mm -hmm. i love the (laughs) farmer's market and i haven't been all summer because I would wake up on Saturday morning and be like, show I forgot about the farmer's market. Like literally every single weekend. And so we went and I was like, oh, it was so fun. It was like really rainy that day. And we literally were like, I really hope the farmer's market is still going still on. Because I was going to be so mad if I couldn't get that spicy cheese bread. Yes. That's basically the whole reason why we even went. <laughs> yeah. Because it was rainy and it wasn't the best yeah luckily it didn't rain while we were out there yeah somehow it didn't rain like when we were out there we were out there for a while yeah we were out there for yeah a long time and mm-hmm. it didn't rain but they get that spicy cheese bread which i got to eat two pieces of it <laughs> and my family were like bring it back for us to try <laughs> so i had to, you had to give surrender away the bread. whole cheese yeah. bread. <laughs> literally just give it away literally and i was like damn damn yeah so, yeah that was cool and then oh uh, lord nothing could prepare day, us for what happened at the game literally nothing could prepare us for that. so it was the first football game of the season and it was an absolute disaster yes and i feel like the day started off well so good like we got to go to the farmer's market we went into the capital yes. and the wisconsin state capital is like so beautiful so i love going in there we met up with like T Gray's teammates who I am t- I I hadn't seen in months. You also hadn't seen in months. Mm-hmm. So, like that was fun. And then we like walked to the game and literally I'll let you share your experience because you got in before I got in. Yeah. And so I got in <clears throat> and everything was fine. The only thing that was a little bit weird was that they changed the entrance that I had to get into. But I got in, I got my ticket, right? We're having a great time. We're so excited. Everybody's holding hands, trying not to lose each other in this crowd. And it was all cute, right? We go up the stairs and we're like, well, damn, that's a lot of people. And we're approaching this crowd of people. And eventually we get sucked in <laughs> to the vortex. This literal vortex of people. It was like a mosh pit. It was like one of the scariest experiences I've had in a while. Well, I was confused because when I got in line, the line I was in was like pretty short. And so I only had to wait a few minutes and then I got my ticket and I was in. And I was like, oh, like I, there was no like section tickets of the section you were in. And I was like, damn, we're just going to have to figure something out because I'm in a different section, but I want to sit by you. And so I was like, even walking up the stairs, it's like there was no one else walking up the stairs. So I'm like, I'm assuming everyone's in the game because like it's looking pretty quiet by where the tickets are handed out. Uh-oh. So I walked up and I'm heading to the section to like try and find you. And I'm like, why are there so many people? Because at this point, it's like 615. 
So the game has already started. So I'm like, why are there so many people? It should be so easy to get in now because the game has already started. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why are there so many people? And I keep walking and the crowd just keeps getting thicker. Larger, and you just and keep larger, getting closer and, and closer to people. And it's like, it's getting hard to breathe. It's really hot. People are running into each other. People are trying to make sure people are okay. Everyone's saying sorry because everyone's like being pushed from the back. And it's like... it. Oh, yeah. I can't even describe what it was yeah. like. I don't think like, you guys understand. I have how never it was. had that experience it at was, a game it ever. It was shoulder to shoulder, literally, like face to face, mm-hmm. closeness. Yeah, and I swear it might have been what 200, 300 people. Yeah, think about like being so close to somebody, but on every angle of your body. Literally, that's how it was. Like there was nowhere you could like move. No. You couldn't even walk. You were basically being carried by the, by crowd. the crowd. You didn't have an option on where you wanted to go. Yeah, there was no way out. Yes. Like, you just had to stand there and just wait for the crowd to move. Yeah. Because there was nowhere to go. Yep. But somehow I ended up finding you. Yeah. And I think it's because I saw, well, I was, like, standing next to one of your teammates. And then I saw another one of your teammates. And I saw you standing right next to her. And I was like, oh, I see her. And I was like, but I can't really move or go anywhere. So I'll no. just see if I can catch up to just her. Because she's not moving either. So yes. so Honestly. eventually I caught up to you. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is absolutely insane. Awful. I was like, this is literally the worst game day experience I've ever had. And what was so scary is that I'm tall, right? So I can, like go up on my tippy toes and grab some air like yeah. from the top of the <laughs> crowd air. that was like fresh air yeah you know but for the people that were shorter they can't do that and so i'm seeing these girls in the crowd like literally like almost suffocating yeah because it's so hot it's yeah. so close it's so steamy people are packed in there up. They can't breathe. People are packed in there. And I literally remember, I think I was starting to space out because I could see this girl like gesturing with her hands, trying to ask if I was okay. And I was like, it took, it took her like three tries of asking before I even like noticed that she was there. Cause I was like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. And then we get to the section that we're supposed to go in. And literally the security guard was like, I don't even care. Go to a different section. And I was like, where are we supposed to go? Yeah. But yeah. It was a lot. Yeah. And to backtrack just a tad bit back to the box, <laughs> um, it was just kind of scary because it was like, even at some point, like I just couldn't grab any more fresh air. Yeah. And so I was like about to like pass out. Literally. Like, like maybe give it 10 more minutes, five more minutes. Like I could have passed out. Yeah. And there's several times where like my teammates would be like, like I would almost fall over mm-hmm. and they would be like tapping me. Yeah. Tapping me. And yeah. I was like so grateful that they're there because mm-hmm. I was like, I <laughs> don't know yeah. like, what could happen. Literally. And in that process, oh, oh my gosh. I was wearing this jean jacket and I had all my stuff in my pockets. And I had my keys in my hand and my tickets. So eventually at one point in this mosh pit, I dropped both of my tickets. And I'm like, damn. Oh, no. And so I had to go and look for them and pick them up. And I'm like, cool, I have my tickets. And then I didn't even know that this happened. I dropped my keys. And oh, then God. somebody else found my keys and they gave them back to me. And then the last one, I lost my debit card. And this one, this I actually one didn't bad. find. Yeah. So anyway, I come to the game. I finally noticed I lost my debit card. Don't know where it is. And so I'm trying to log into my bank 
for like the whole game. But if you ever been to a Wisconsin game, there's no service. Yeah. Like in Camp Randall, there's no service. Yeah. And so I couldn't log into my bank. So now I'm like stressed, but I'm also trying to have a good time and yeah. not be like a Debbie Downer. But mm-hmm. I was like, please, like, Lord, like, don't make this happen yeah. to me like this. Like, don't make them steal a bunch of money from me, mm-hmm. you know? And it's just so. interesting because, like, towards the end of the game, it was, like, getting really fun. Like, we had, like, jump around. Yeah. And, like, the whole experience was, like, fun. But I was, like, it was just so hard to concentrate because I was just the whole experience of trying to get in here was low-key traumatic. Was traumatic. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, when I say traumatic, it actually was. Yeah. when I went back out, like, once the game is over and we we're leaving the game and I passed through that same hallway... But this time it was empty. Like mm-hmm. there was no people. I still like my heart kind of yeah. used to be. Yeah. I was kind of like, well, damn. I really thought like some of us were going to go down. In yeah. This like this was going to be the end. Yeah. It was scary because either it's, you suffocate or you get trampled. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought the, the whole thing was. Yeah. And so I just don't know how it happened like that. I've never experienced it like that. I don't understand, but that was such a fire hazard. Mm -hmm. That was such a health risk to everybody that was there. Yeah. And I, yeah, I don't even understand how we were all put in that situation or why that ended up happening Mm -hmm. and why no one was doing anything to make it better. Like why none of the officials or like the staff were doing anything to like help at all. No. And it was so weird because once you got out of that circle or the mosh pit, it was so clear. Yeah. It was so empty. Yeah. Like we just <coughs> walked into the stadium and found seats. Yeah. And so I was like, why did that happen that way? Yeah. Because it seemed like everybody in that pit, right, had um, a ticket for section L. Mm-hmm. And L was full. So how do so you So why explain... were you still giving tickets out for L? Yeah. How do you explain how all these people need to get into L and L is full? You know? then you should stop giving tickets out for L if it's full. I just didn't understand how we got into that predicament. Yeah. And it was incredibly, incredibly, incredibly poor. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just bad management as a whole of all of those people trying to get into the same section and literally the security guard being like, go to a different section. But like, there's, there's yeah. nowhere to go. Like you're just being carried by the mass. Ugh. Insane. Yeah. Crazy. And I remember thinking like, Honestly, I just want to leave. Yeah. Like, I'm like, honestly, is this game even worth it? Worth this it. is going to be the experience. Like, I'm just not trying to, like, just go out because yeah. football. Like, yeah. <laughs> no. That is not worth it. Because me. of this mediocre game. No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> I'm not going to die for Badger football. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to risk no. my life for Badger uh-uh, football. bro. Literally, no. You won't catch me. No, ever. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. But yeah, that was literally crazy. And I feel like when we were in the game, we just remember the lack of black people in Madison. Yeah. Because I remember just a whole crowd of people just raising their hands and you looking over and be like, look, and there was not a single black person in the crowd. Oh my God. I was like, that's that terrifying. Was, yeah. Yeah. And like the stadium holds like eighty thousand people, yeah, max, and it was basically full. They're like out here doing the wave, <laughs> and I'm like, I haven't, I haven't seen a single black hand other than my own. Literally. 
Oh my god. It was so funny. Uh, but I guess that brings us into our segment of how to survive Madison if you're black. Being black <laughs> in Madison. Which a lot of these things can apply <coughs> to anyone. So if you're listening yes. to this and you're not black, I mean, all of this information yeah. applies no matter what you look like. Because a lot of it is just general information of like how to survive going here. If you are thinking about going here or you currently go here. And also like, yeah, if you're not black, I guess take this as our experiences yeah. in being here mm-hmm. yes it, it won't be every black person's experience but mm-hmm. you get a taste into what it yeah like. just to listen to like other people's experiences but i feel like the major takeaway of going to school in a place where the black population is super low is to not isolate yourself yeah because college can be very lonely especially here because there's just mm-hmm. so many people, so many people and you really have to make an effort to make friends because it's just there's so many people you're meeting people all the time mm-hmm. and most of them are not going to end up being really close friends with you yeah so i feel like isolating yourself and like never leaving your dorm or your apartment or like thinking you can't go into certain spaces because you're like gonna feel out of place is like it's only gonna make you feel more isolated if you don't at least attempt to like try and do stuff yeah and i also say like make yourself uncomfortable and i say that in the best way possible like you know things that you wouldn't typically do like let's just say you're an introvert you wouldn't typically introduce yourself to a massive group of people Mm -hmm. i would start out by just introducing yourself to one person and Mm -hmm. try to like figure out you know yeah, that was kind of gross. Like, I low-key hated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it was bad on Forge. Yeah, <laughs> it was bad on Forge, but... But at yeah. least I did it, you mm-hmm. know? And you'll get more comfortable with doing that with other people. Yeah. And it'll come out very naturally. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just something that I've learned to do because yeah. there's a lot of stuff that I just am like, no. Like, yeah, I like, just, that's too uncomfortable that's for me. me. I'd just rather be alone. Yeah. Yeah. But by, like, throwing myself into the deep end, I yeah. feel like you figure out how to swim, you know? And you realize it's actually really not that scary. It's not that bad at all. Because mm-hmm. I feel like you really, if you're, like, any type of, like, racial minority going to a school like Madison, you do need to, like, find your group mm-hmm. because it's going to make you feel, like, less isolated because yeah. it's, like, it's still that, like, the amount of black people going to Madison is small, but because you have, like, some black friends, it just makes it feel less small, and you, like, don't feel, like, you don't feel, like, as alone, because, For like, sure. you just know other people with, like, a similar background, and it just makes the whole experience just, like, better, and you feel like you can actually, like, experience Madison for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I would just say, like, don't let people push you out of space that belongs to you. Yeah. You know, like, don't let, because you're the only black person in your class or whatever, Mm -hmm. for people to make you feel like you don't belong. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. you got into the school for a reason. There's, there's no issue with being friends with, you know, non-POC. We're not saying just yeah. being friends with only POC. Yeah, there's just, no issue with being friends with whoever. Yeah, just be in the spaces that you want to be. You mm-hmm. know, create, you know, a black space for, you know, times like this. You want to talk about hair, just shared experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, like, be connected with everybody else. Yeah. You know? Find your balance, mm-hmm. for real. For sure. But yeah, I just also feel like you should remember that Madison is just not going to be more diverse overnight. You definitely, it's going to take a lot of time, but I feel like you you just have to learn to adapt and that's okay. 
but you do just have to learn to adapt to the situation and accept it for what it is. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I feel like sometimes, um, like, people that push for diversity, not saying that this is bad, but it's just, it won't change in the next year. Like, it'll change a little bit, but it won't change to a significant matter that'll make everything just better. Yeah. And so you have to figure out a way to navigate it while you're in it, Mm -hmm. you know? Because when you are pushing for diversity, you're not doing that for yourself. Mm -hmm. Because I doubt you'll feel the benefit of that push. Mm -hmm. It usually comes much later. Mm -hmm. But you have to figure out, like, hey, this is my space. This is what I want to create for myself. Mm -hmm. And it's not impossible. Like, we are telling you from a school that has 2% Black people. Yeah. Like, it's not impossible to create a space that you feel so welcome and so loved in. Yeah. So... Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that said, this episode is pretty damn long. Yeah. So we're going to go ahead and wrap it up. But we just want to say that we're happy to be back. We're a little rusty because we haven't done this in so long. So Mm -hmm. just bear with us as we like try and figure everything out. But we're so happy to be back and like posting consistently again. And we're going to have like preview clips for you guys, just like we do always on our Instagram. And this episode will be coming out. We're recording this on a Sunday night. It'll be coming out on Friday. So mm-hmm. stay tuned for that. Yes. Yeah. We just got a big year coming coming up ahead. We're very excited to be juniors. Yeah, and... we're halfway through. We officially yes. have, well, I have four semesters left. You have six semesters yes. left. Mm-hmm. But literally we're juniors and that's absolutely insane to say that we're literally upperclassmen. Yeah, because college was not real. Like, Mm -mm. coming in from high school. Yeah, college didn't mean anything. Such an abstract thought. Literally. So And now we're halfway. It's weird to be here Mm -hmm. and at this point. Yeah. And turning 21 in, like, seven years. Yeah, like, I just feel, like, when I turned 20, I was like, I'm so old. Yeah. So when I turn 21, I know I'm going to feel absolutely old, like, Mm -hmm. really old. I feel like with each year, the older I get, the more I'm like, wow, that went by, like, so quick. Yeah. Very, very grateful. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been it. We're Mm -hmm. very, very excited. For the rest of this podcasting adventure. Yeah. Let us know via Instagram DMs if you guys have any podcast episode suggestions for us. We have some ideas, but we do want to know what you guys want to see. So if you are yes. interested in any any topics that we haven't already discussed, please feel free to drop it in our Instagram DMs. Yes, and we will shout you out. Yes, yes. for sure. With that said, that's all we have for today. Yeah, time for me to eat and go to sleep. Yeah, it's literally 12 Mm (laughs) a.m. I'm starving. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.